Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. And Raja Bell. Saw the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. What is going on? Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell and Raja Bell, our boy. Debo holding it down. Hanno Stopchuk joining us as always. Feels good to be back in the same room with you guys. I'm back in South Florida, ready to tear it up. We got a big show for you. Head coaching news. A lot of moves were made over the weekend. If you were watching football, you might have missed them. Markel Fultz, we got to discuss his jumper, which is looking a little bit rough. And we're going to have a brand new Rate the Blank segment. So we'll let you figure. We've done uh, rank the clo- rate the clotheslines before. We're going to rate something else. We'll get to that a little bit later. But it was the divisional round. There was some surprises and there were some finishes in the NFL yesterday. Let's hear it, Debo. Case on a deep drop. Steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay up. Oh, oh my God! Oh my God! Thirty. No Ten. Spot on call by the broadcaster there to come up with Minneapolis Miracle on the spot. That was the Vikings beating the Saints 29-24. I don't think I've seen a crazier play to finish a game. I mean, there was the... um, the miracle with the Titans when they had the backwards right. pass, but this was Music City ins- Miracle. Yeah, Music City Miracle. This yeah. was insane. Yeah, that was bananas. Um, we had just kind of gotten home out of the gym. We were playing basketball all weekend, and I had my, my boys and I do like brackets. They love brackets, so we do it from like college football. We did it. We do it for NCAA <laughs> basketball. So we did it for the NFL. One of them had the Saints. One of them had the Vikings in this game. <laughs> so they're on either side of me on the couch. Um, the Vikings kicked the fifty-some yard field goal. And my younger son is, like, across my face in his brother's face. Ah, yeah, I told you, like, just completely being obnoxious and rubbing it in. And I'm like, D, you know, D's my older one. I said, it's a lot of time for a quarterback like Drew Brees. <laughs> yep. He's like, oh, it's only a minute and 24, a minute 30. I said, dude, that's a lot of time. Watch. So promptly, like, you know, Drew Brees is just a boss. And how old is he now? Like, 37, 38? Like, yep. We're in our twilight as <laughs> as athletes, yeah. right? Probably past it. But So I cheer for guys like that. Um, But, you know, the back and forth, so they drive. And, uh, like, you need to break this down for me because I'm watching, right? And I know I know a little bit about football, right? So I recognize the, the cover two boundary technique, right? Yep. We're outside cover two. You're going to keep everything in the middle, make a tackle. Right. Right? Like, what happens? Because it even looked like the kid Marcus Williams, like, he was in position. He was outside, ready to make a play. I found myself as a dad and as a coach really having teachable moments there mm-hmm. to my sons who play defense. Dude, keep your head up. Yep. Like, there's no reason to ever drop that head. You can't see what you're hitting. And, like, that's youth football 101, right? Like, yep. don't drop that head. Number two, th- why shoulder somebody when you can wrap them up? Make sure that it's a sure thing. And then on the flip side of it, like, it is never, ever over. You must play until the final that horn goes off. And I found it real teachable, but maybe you could help me with the with the actual – what was the route concept that they ran? Like, they flooded those three zones. Like, what yep. do you call that? Uh, you could call it a flood. I mean, everybody has a different name for it, but that's exactly what they were doing. They had a short route to the sideline, a medium route to the sideline, right. and a deeper route to the sideline. And he caught the deeper one. But for Marcus Williams, here's what he said after the game. Man, just, you know, just overcome it. You know, you can't let it beat you down. I mean, it, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna take it upon myself to do all that I can to never let that happen again. And, I mean, if it happens again, 
then I shouldn't be playing, but I'm going to take it upon myself to do all that I can to make sure nothing like this happens again to me. Now, he's exactly right, and you feel so bad for Marcus Williams, but, man, this is one of the most boneheaded plays in the history of the NFL. To your point, to your question about the teachable moment, what he should have done, because he did several things wrong. I mean, I thought he was too aggressive in that situation. Like, what are you going? Are you going for the interception? Are you going for the kill shot? Yeah. Are you going? What are you doing? You should be going to just get him on the ground. <laughs> yes, That's it. absolutely. With that little time left, if you make that tackle in bounds, game over. If you just keep him in front of you, it's going to be a, a, a super long field goal that they're probably not going to make. But the one critical mistake that you cannot make is whiff. Whiff. And because you you are aware, and Marcus said, I'm the last line of defense, you are. So what does that mean? You cannot get beat. And for him to let that happen, and, you know, you always tip your cap to the other team. It was a great throw from Case Keenum. Stephon Diggs made the catch, stayed in bounds, which was really close when you talk about he was a sliver of grass between him and stepping out of bounds in that situation. But for Marcus Williams, I put it up there. With Bill Buckner, with Chris Weber calling the timeout. It was horrible. It was just an awful, awful play. And you hate to see it come down to that, but you teaching your kids about, and I did the same with mine. Yeah. It's never over it's never until over. it's over. Um, so at, you, you, you touched on digs. Like, you're taught as a, as a receiver in that situation, like, you're trying to get out of bounds. That's why you're running to the sideline, right? You have to have a little wherewithal with you to realize, oh my God, he was the last <laughs> right. line of defense. Right. Let me get upfield here. Um, I feel so bad for the kid because everyone said the right thing, like on TV. Uh-huh. All of his, all of his teammates, like one guy doesn't make, you know, cost you the game. The head coach, one guy doesn't cost you the game. Every single person on that plane blames him for that loss. Oh, for sure. Everyone blames him for that loss. And then, you know, you're not going to say that. You're not going to make him feel bad. But in your heart of hearts, you had that game won with a routine tackle like that. He is the reason they lost that game. I'll say it. And they'll, support him sure and they'll give him all the love they can but they'll absolutely everybody will acknowledge like yeah. it's just a fact like, like everybody yeah, saw it happen right. on tv so much so there were saints fans throwing 65 inch tvs off balconies <laughs> they were devastated there were some fantastic uh some viral videos that were out there fan reactions because you had both spectrums saints fans were celebrating i was like you this is way too much time for drew Brees. yeah he made a bunch of really good throws at the end to being to put him there but Case Keenum, he made a hell getting, of a, that's a hell of a throw too. Absolutely, hell it of a is. Throw. <laughs> he just heaved it to where he could, and they made a play. So credit to them. Vikings move on to the NFC uh, Championship game. AFC wasn't exactly uh, didn't go as planned either, as the Jags and Steelers squared off, and we learned that Blake Bortles Bortles has a legitimate chance to be a Super Bowl quarterback. Dropping the throw, steps up. Now he's getting it hit. Ball is out. The ball is out. Kelvin Smith picks it up and runs along the right sideline. Inside the 30, the 20, the 10, the 5. Touchdown. Kelvin Smith is running back, and it's a touchdown for Jacksonville. The story of this game was a lot. There were several storylines for this. One, that was the Jaguars' defense strip-sacking Ben Roethlisberger, getting the perfect hop. And the Jags just got off to the early lead, and the Steelers, to no surprise, were kept coming back. But I don't think anybody saw the Jags putting up 45 points, and you know, 35 if you look at what Bortles did on offense alone, just putting up right. the, the offensive touchdowns. But for the Steelers' defense, that to me was the story of the game. The letdown for them was not being able to stop Leonard Fournette, who had 109, yard, 109 yards rushing and three touchdowns. 
for Blake Bortles to be able to go out there and have the game he did, which wasn't spectacular, 14 to 26 for 214, but he made clutch throws he did. when it mattered down the stretch. He did. Um, yeah, I, look, I'm surprised on a lot of levels here. I never saw the Jaguars putting up 45 points. I don't care if you got, you know, 10 points off of turnovers. Uh, the Steelers put up 35 at home. You expect them, you expect them to win with the talent that they have across the board. Um, you know, Ben Rosselsberger, 58 times is a lot of times to throw the rock. Yes. You know, that, that's a lot. Your shoulders got to be really, really sore today. And, you know, I think it, to oversimplify it, they had the two turnovers really hurt them. Right. Like in a game that, that's that even, you're talking about 35-35, um, if you don't give them a strip sack fumble for a touchdown. And, and he did turn it over down there in, 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 like in, in real, uh, dicey area. That's mm-hmm. a very even game. So it's the team that makes, the least amount of mistakes a lot of time in big games like this, and it happened to be Pittsburgh. But from a cultural standpoint, we talked about it all year long. Um, they're a mess. And you, you, you've, you've voiced your concerns about them in the past. Um, I've talked about Mike Tomlin and the culture and how it can be good and how it can be bad. All week long, um, everything that's come out of Pittsburgh has spoken um, to their inability to focus on the task at hand. They've been all over the place. From Le'Veon Bell contract talks, like, that's the wrong time, bro. Like, I get it. I want my money. I think everybody playing a sport like this should have an opportunity to earn their money. Not right now. To overlooking the damn next opponent and talking about the Patriots. Like, what the hell is going – you're a professional athlete. Sure, we all understand that – you know, at times we may overlook somebody because we want to play someone else. But what kind of moron tweets that out? <laughs> right. What kind of what kind of head coach and organization allows these idiots to be on Twitter tweeting about a game that they've got to they they're not even in it yet? Mm-hmm. Like that. That's what I took away from. This Le'Veon weekend. Bell tweets out, "I love round twos. We'll have two round twos in back to back weeks." They've totally overlooked the Jaguars. I don't think they gave Blake Portals any chance. Everybody's been shredding him, and. The, the lack of focus, and it's the most important thing. If you take any opponent lightly, even in the regular season, but in the postseason, right. to already be thinking, oh, we're going on, we're moving on, is absolutely the wrong mindset. Disrespectful. Disrespectful without, without a doubt. And Jalen Ramsey, who's been one of the chirpiest defensive backs in the entire league, they get back to Jacksonville. He's already calling out the Patriots. Here we go. <laughs> I ain't got too much to say. But y'all make sure y'all bring that same energy out here next week and the week after. We going to the Super Bowl and we gonna win that bitch. <laughs> we gonna win that bitch. That's my Florida State guy right there. Uh, okay. <laughs> One of the most vocal. I mean, he is talking trash. Who was it that he fought with? Was it um AJ Green that he was brawling with because he was chirping so much? Remember they closed, oh was that when AJ, AJ lost Green his clothesline? Yes. Yeah, because he's chirping the entire game, getting another team's uh, players' heads. The only thing I thought was funny about this game, uh, that video, it was back in Jacksonville when they had gotten back from Pittsburgh, right? And it looked like he was talking to an empty stadium. Like I don't know how many Jacks fans were there, <laughs> there but the camera angle, there was a little section. But you're almost better off doing that outside in the parking lot. But yeah. they had them all mic'd up for the uh, for the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. And who knows? The way they're playing, nobody's going to give them any any love versus the Patriots. They're already going to – what are they, 10-point uh, dogs? It was nine and a half last night. Nine and a half, 10-point dogs versus them. We'll do our picks on Friday. Yeah. But this is the team everybody's overlooking. With that defense, with the very clear identity on offense, which is Leonard Fournette, you run it, you grind the clock, and ask Blake Bortles to make a couple throws, which he did. 
and you've got a chance. So we'll let me, see. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. All right. This league has been ever since I've been alive and, and watched NFL football. Quarterback, 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 quarterback. Yep. Quarterback league. Can't yep. win without quarterback. Yep. Quarterback's got to make this. Quarterback got to do that. Fine. One hundred percent for my son's quarterback. Thank yeah. You. Let him do yeah. that. Um, you are now looking at a playoff picture with Drew Brees, Case Keenum, Blake Bortles, and Nick Foles. That doesn't scream quarterback league to me. No, <laughs> Drew, I, Brees, <laughs> Drew Brees. I mean, I'm sorry, Drew Brees. I'm sorry. Yeah, Nick, uh, Drew Brees um, got Case Nick Keenum, Foles. Nick Foles. Yep. Who Tom else? Brady. Blake Bortles. Tom Brady, Tom Brady. That's what I meant. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, one of them, you know, is a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. No, but I mean, like, I, and, and, and maybe Case Keenum, um, you also, know, winds here's up being, but what you should ask. And this is, this is the, I'll, every quarterback, when you say, is he good? Where does he rank? All that. My question is always this. Every quarterback you should ask. Can you win a Super Bowl with this guy? Mm-hmm. To your point, I think with Tom Brady, we know that answer clearly. Right. With Case Keenum, as he's gone on this season, you say, yeah, maybe. He's, he's played really well. But nobody at the beginning of this, you would have written off the Vikings and said, oh, they're done. Right. Once uh, uh, Sam Bradford goes down. Blake Bortles is a definitive no, but maybe he's coming into his own. Where they're starting to realize what you can do with him, maybe limit his exposure. Right. Um, and you, it's just, it's shocking the success some of these teams are having, but good defense and strong running games are a formula that's worked in the NFL for a long time. But I'm with you to win a Super Bowl. I think you have to have a quarterback. That's why I think Tom Brady won the Super Bowl this past weekend. Sorry, over? Debo over there with the Eagles fan. We'll see. Looking we'll see. a little upset. But people have been counting them all, all, um, counting them out all year long. Right. All right. So speaking of the Eagles, this was up my best call of the week. You faded me all weekend. You did all right. Did I? But, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. But you the best were both call of the, one, two, and one. Yeah. By the way. But the yes. best call of the weekend was this one with the Eagles playing the Falcons at home. Ryan. With Coleman to his left. Ryan rolls. Ryan pumps. Ryan is throwing it up in the air. Incomplete. Incomplete. And Taylor for Jones. Incomplete. And the Eagles take over on downs. Huge defensive performance for the Eagles, being able to shut down the Falcons, hold them to only 10 points. That was the last, you know, fourth down at the end of the game, trying, Matt Ryan trying to go to Julio Jones. But Nick Foles was good. He wasn't great. He wasn't bad, but he did what they asked him to. No interceptions, no turnovers. Got him into scoring position. They struggled in the red zone, but that's when it gets tighter. So they had a bunch of field goals, but they ended up coming up with the win. And that defense playing with that crowd, was after Matt Ryan all day, and they walk away with the win. And that's – now, here's where it gets interesting, because I think you did see some limitations with Nick Foles, mm-hmm. and they were pretty conservative with him. But just limit your exposure of some of these quarterbacks who are a little bit dicey. Just – he played a clean game. Yes. Right? Like, exactly. you just don't lose us – don't put us in a position where we're behind the chains, behind the eight ball, and we got to be trusting on uh, – trusting that arm, and and, and and we'll be good um, mm-hmm. in the playoffs with the backup quarterback um, – that you don't completely trust. But I, from Atlanta's perspective, if you said you were on the road in a playoff game and you gave Matt Ryan a ball and he'd have Julio Jones, like you're going to live and die with that play, right? Like you're mm-hmm. going to, you know, he almost caught the ball. Were you like throwing up when you saw it go in yeah. the air? I, I threw up. <laughs> yeah, I threw up a little bit of my mouth, right? Like, I mean, so it, you know, I think the Falcons, if, if, I, if I'm a Falcons fan, this was a bit of an underachieving year for us coming for sure. off the Super Bowl last yeah. year. But, Having said that, I mean, ugly game. Yes, they got after Matt Ryan, but you, you, you give me 10 out of 10 times, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones with a clean look at a ball uh, on the road in the playoffs. Uh, I'm going to take it. The other thing too that you can't overlook is 
Atlanta plays in the comfy confines of a dome. Yeah. It's 70 degrees every single game. They're up there playing in Philly. It's nasty. And you can't – so most teams will try to simulate the conditions. They have outdoor facilities. They have indoor facilities. They'll try to do it. But you can't simulate that type of condition in Atlanta. You just can't when it's that cold and nasty. That's what worries me about Minnesota going to Philly. And yeah. I don't like Nick Foles. I'm not a Nick Foles believer, but – um and I do like Case Keenum. Like, right. I didn't give him a shot in hell, but watching him, like, there's some moxie yeah. there. He's yeah. got some stones. He, like, he's a. Would you sign him for your, like, cause he's gonna have some opportunities to go elsewhere. Would you bring him in and have him be your guy? Be my guy? Yeah, as your franchise quarterback. Jesus. Um. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's, but that's, that's the, that's what people are gonna look at. Right. And I, still, I don't know if it's a perception thing because he's not a first round pick because he wasn't, he was a backup for a few years. He should be. Statistically, I, he should be. But I think he is a guy that's sort of a product of the system. They've got the good defense. Now, if you have those similar qualities in your yes. team, can he win those games? Yeah. Right. But I don't think he's a difference maker. I don't either. And there's not enough sample size for me. I'm a guy where, like, you, I've seen enough flash in the pans or guys right. in the NBA that are just playing on a contract year. All the time. Um, and they get that one year and then they, sh- you know, for one reason or another, it doesn't, it doesn't materialize years after that. So I, I want a little bit more sample size, but I worry about them in the elements in Philly next weekend if it's still going to be cold and nasty out, whether they can uh, perform. The one thing they can do, though, is practice outside in Minnesota, but those players are going to be so mad at their coaches for doing that, but it might help them. All right, the last team up in championship weekend. No surprise here. Motions from the left. Brady takes the snap. He looks left. He throws to the middle. Touchdown, New England. Finding Chris Hogan in the back of the end zone. This one was a little bit interesting. Patriots end up winning 35-14, but there was a little bit of drama early as they went down early in the game. But ultimately, the Pats show that they're a class above everybody else. Tom Brady's in the AFC Championship game, the seventh straight season. He had 337, three touchdowns, zero INTs. I guess, and I feel like there's a race. Everybody wants to be the person to say that's the game that Tom Brady faltered. That's the point he's his career ended. Keep looking for it because it's not going to happen anytime soon. He keeps grinding. Bill Belichick is going to find a way. And him versus Marcus Mariota, who was overwhelmed the entire day by a Patriots defense, which isn't that great. Right. It's just it's just here we go again. Yeah, that was I mean. The script, it's, I, I think everyone knew what the script was there except Titans fans. <laughs> right. I mean, the, even when they went down early, you were like, okay, this is just a matter of time before they, they figure it out. Tom Brady and Belichick together, despite what's going on behind the scenes there, I mean, when they're on the football field, that's magic. Yes. Um, that's their sanctuary. Yeah. They might be arguing. They might have little beefs between them over some trainer that's in the locker room or not, the future. But when it is time to focus, that's the best thing for them. Yep. Because that's when they're able to put all that aside. And it sure looks like the Patriots have figured it out in the, in the meantime. All right. Let's get to, uh, let's get to Hannah. <laughs> what you got, Hannah? What's happening? Guys, this is what's happening. We have to start with the Knicks because they blew another one. The Pelicans 123-118 overtime victory on Sunday. Mostly credited to Anthony Davis with an, an insane stat line of 48 points, 17 rebounds, 4 steals, and 3 blocks. The Pelicans currently the 6th seed in the West. New York has lost 10 of 12. Uh, I've got two thoughts. Anthony Davis... He's a monster, mm-hmm. and the Knicks are the Knicks. <laughs> like, what are you going to do? But, no, I mean, even in the midst of this, the Knicks are having themselves a, a decent little storyline of a season. Um, anybody who thought this was going to be a championship run, anybody thought, that thought it was more than it is, which is just a good solid year to showcase Chris Tapps and whatever else you have and, and to build off of was, was crazy. So uh, don't, don't be too concerned with it. It's just the Knicks being the Knicks. 
in her first match at the Australian Open since a Williams sister was guaranteed to win the title. Venus Williams lost in the first round. Plus, Lone Stevens, the world number 13, also fell at the first hurdle at Melbourne Park. I'm bummed out, man. Where's American tennis at these days? Yeah, we know. need some superstars, especially on the women's side, to start playing a little bit better. I'm worried with Venus and um, Serena getting older, starting to age out. Yep. Where's the future of uh, American tennis? I don't know. It's yeah. a tough one. I, I need Serena back. I, 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 <laughs> right. I yeah, we need Serena right. back. All right, Tua to Tyrod. Brian Dable returned to college for the first time since the late 90s and last week won a title as Alabama's offensive coordinator. Now he has been hired to the same position with the Buffalo Bills. I Dable is a native of Western New York, so welcome home. Boom. There you go, <laughs> Hannah. There's your there's your new offensive coordinator. This to me shows that Alabama is not a destination destination spot for anybody. It's a Bump in your resume, let's go, let's get me to build it up and move on and get the better job, which I think speaks a lot to the lack of fun that coaches have uh, coaching under Nick Saban. That's he what I was grinds ask you. them to the bone. I Is mean, that an Alabama indictment or a Nick Saban indictment? <laughs> right. I think it's more on Nick Saban for sure. <laughs> I think it just means that everything's better in Buffalo, but fine. <laughs> A&M to Arizona. Kevin Sumlin employed again after being fired by the Aggies last month. Sumlin hired to replace Rich Rodriguez as head coach of the Wildcats program. Texas A&M owes their former coach $10.1 million buyout on January 26th, so Sumlin due to get paid. That's so dope. So he's going to get paid the 10.1 and then just roll into a new gig in, in Arizona, which is a great, like it's a great college town. It's yeah. got a really cool, cool vibe out there. Great facilities. Um, and I think Kevin Sumlin's a pretty, a pretty good football coach. Like, I mean, obviously Texas A&M, um, you know, we always talked about them in the SEC and whether or not they would win it, but I think he had a lot of success there. So I think it's good, you know, it's a win-win. Yep. All right, guys, last but not least, all signs continue to point to Matt Patricia as the Lions' next head coach. The Patriots' defensive coordinator is likely to take his next job once New England's season is over, according to league sources. So it looks like Bill Belichick's going to lose both of his uh, coordinators this season. People are starting to look at that and saying that's the end of the dynasty. I'm telling you, stop trying to predict <laughs> the end of the dynasty. It'll happen when it happens, uh, and we'll see how they move on. All right. There was a sad moment this weekend, sort of, you know, one of the greatest of all time. When you talk about goats, there is one goat in broadcasting, yeah. and it's Keith Jackson, passed away at the age of 89. I grew up on him watching college football. He had some memorable calls. Let's hear some of them. The hyperbole is done. Now we can finally play the game. Look at that. Oh, my goodness. One man. into the end zone and it is incomplete. Oh, the phone, everybody. There's a penalty flag thrown and I think it's against Miami. The loyalty of college football is in assembly at the Rose Bowl 2006. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Vince Young scores. Texas has defeated Southern California to win the national championship of college football. So that's, I mean... That voice just gives me goosebumps. Like it makes you think of football. The thing I love about him is that he clearly is from another era. Yeah. Like, but he his he never aged out. Like no, it was still cool. To you got a him. yippee in there. Exactly. Yeah. Like that sounds like it's straight from the '60s, and yet he was beloved until the very end, until when he called his last game a few years ago. It was just 
uh, one of the most iconic voices. I actually got to play golf with him. Did you really? Yeah, and he was like playing golf with him. Was and good hear dude? Him. Yeah, he'd make a putt and be like, whoa, Nelly, yeah. there. <laughs> but he was uh, the nicest guy, but very, very old school. Yeah. Just as you would picture. And like he never tried to be cool, never tried to change his style. He just was who he was. And, you know, it's, it's, I think that's why he stayed true to himself. Yeah, it's a tough loss for the, for the, uh, just yeah. for football. Yeah. I mean, you grew up on that voice. Yeah. Um, it, it always, I mean, I know he did a lot of football, but for me, it's always a Rose Bowl voice. Absolutely. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. The granddaddy of them all. Like, yep. that was the, that's what I remember. Came up with that nickname. Yeah. And yeah. also broadcasted a couple of your games. Yeah, what do we got? Ball is on the 29 yard line now. It is second down and 10. That was me getting blindsided by Bobby Taylor. But <laughs> some good moments, too. Oh, yeah? Now it's up to Danny Cannell to see whether or not he can lead uh, Surge to respond. He's 13 out of 26 for 136 yards. He's got McCorvey wide open. He's got it. McCorvey broke away from Brian McKee, and the ball was on the money. On the money. On the money. You could have edited out the 13 to 26. <laughs> <laughs> was numbers. So, yeah, so rest in peace, Keith Jackson, his family, but uh, definitely be proud of his legacy, one of the best of all time. Um, all right, let's move on to some NBA right. because we've talked a little bit about Markel Fultz and here when he was trying to shoot free throws earlier, he's been rehabbing a shoulder, and I don't think it's gotten any better. In fact, I think it might have gotten worse as there was some video posted online uh, of him shooting at practice. You can check it out at Canell and Bell. Go look at our, our Twitter feed. We'll put the video up there. It was ugly, like a hitch, kind of weird, uncomfortable motion. And even Brett Brown, his head coach, talked about it uh, and was saying, I think he what he needs to be able to do is shoot a basketball. Like as basic as that, saying that, and, you know, Fultz said, I don't know if, if we could say it's 100%. The doctors say better than me, but certainly it's getting better. I'm worried about him. I'm worried that this is already going to be potentially one of the biggest busts in NBA history. Uh, yeah, and that you, with good concern there. Uh, and I believe that the Sixers organization is very, very worried about that right now, too. They're very concerned. It's unprecedented um, seeing a guy come in. Well, how, how long has it been since his last college game? Approximately six months. Yeah. Uh, you don't see someone lose a shooting form. I made Debo – like he showed me the – the video of him from a couple of days ago, and I made him take me back to Markel Fultz playing last year because I didn't watch him a lot. Right. Um, very smooth stroke off the pull-up last year, just like what you Normal. would imagine a good <laughs> basketball player shot looks like. What what has happened now is not something that happens because of an injury. I want to be I want to be as frank as I can with our listeners about that. I've had injured shoulders, I've had injured elbows, I've had injured wrists, injured fingers. You name it, it's been injured, and you still can shoot the ball with your motion. You might not be able to make it because of the pain, but your motion stays the same. This young man has a completely different motion, and it's a motion that speaks to, like, Charles Barkley's golf swing when someone has the yips. Do you know when you just kind of get stuck and something mentally will not allow you to 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 function the way you functioned before? It, it's sad to watch that, and I am very concerned that Philly fans wasted – and Philly organization wasted not only this year's pick, but but Debo, you schooled me to the fact that it's going to cost them a pick this year as well, right? It could be a top five pick this year or the Kings unprotected pick next year, which could be 
top three, top one. You effed up. There's something wrong there. Philly, Any, Philly knows it. Anytime you get compared to Charles Barkley's golf swing, not a, <laughs> not a not good a thing. thing and, and here's what's telling to me, and I don't mean to, but here's what's telling, is you don't hear like it being talked about at Philly. They've tried to make this go away for most of the year, right? The narrative has been Ben Simmons. It's been Joel Embiid. For the most part, like people have just given this a pass. Like They've been giving yeah. updates every three weeks. Right. That's concerning to me. There's no, there's not a lot of transparency there, which leads me to believe that they know there's a big problem. Did you ever have a, a slump or oh, like slump, where, where sure. would they come from? Was it shooting? Was it free throws? Was there anything that you like where you were in a funk? So and what'd you do to get out of it? I went through, I, I came into the NBA. Um, San Antonio signed me to a contract. I was coming out of the CBA. I went to training camp with them. The game moved a little too fast. Uh, Tim Duncan, um, uh, David Robinson, those guys a little too big for me. And I didn't really know how to space the floor and play pick and roll and stuff. So my feet were never under me. Therefore, I couldn't shoot the ball great. I didn't shoot it well. Um, I went to Philly the next year and shot it okay. Um, played great in summer league, but then came out in 2002 in the regular season and couldn't make a shot again. And my confidence was shot. Larry Brown was a very tough um, hard-nosed coach, especially on young guards, and he stripped me of all my confidence. Like, just completely – there were times where I wanted to quit playing basketball because I couldn't make a shot. But it never changed my form. It never had me shooting, you know, different than I ever shot. I would just I just couldn't make it. And it took me a little rehab in the gym with a, a shot doc, someone that was really cerebral and got into my psyche a little bit to get me to start making shots again, and it came back to me. But, again, like, that's – it was it was mental. It didn't change everything about who I was as a shooter – so that repeatable motion was still there. I just had to believe in it again. This guy's changed. He scrapped this whole thing. He's a different shooter now. That's, that's concerning. That's my biggest fear too, because I, I I've had, and I think at that level, once you're at that level where a team has spent that type of money, that type of uh, investment in you by taking you number one, that it's totally mental. Because you've you've seen it on film. I've been there, and I've been a basket case at times where I could hardly complete a pass. And it's the coach has to pull you over. They do something. If it's in a game, maybe they'll try to get you an easy pass to build that confidence right. up. Or it was repetition and practice. Like I would just go work it out. And say, all right, I'm going to hit a thousand. You know, I'm going to hit ten in a row, twenty in a row, whatever the number is, right. to get your confidence back. Where you're like, all right, there's the sweet spot. There's the muscle memory. The problem I look at when I see that is that's the wrong type of muscle memory Correct. that he's practicing, that he's learning, and. I don't know. Do you t- like? What do you do? Because hopefully, you know, I'm sure they have some sort of shot doc, like you're saying, some sort of technician who's working with him, saying, "Well, wait, like, what do you? What's going on here?" Yeah. But it's a really tough spot to be in because if everybody sees it, and you're looking at them, it's just, uh oh. Then you start hearing whispers. Then your confidence gets hurt even worse. Yeah. Because instead of making ten in a row, twenty in a row, he's putting up bricks. He can't. And make so his sh- confidence is getting worse. He can't make a shot. No. Um. And you just you touched on something there that I thought was interesting. Um. Brett Brown and his staff, they, by all accounts, they're really, really good. Like, Brett Brown survived a lot of, a lot of bad basketball there in Philly because he had those guys believe in. They were still playing hard. And to a degree, he's developed players there. There's been some player development. So to watch him in those practices shooting the ball like that and no one, you know, on that staff really saying, Hey, bro, like, listen, we're not going to shoot the ball like that. You don't, you don't shoot the ball like that. And like that, you, your shot was this. Let's get back to that. The fact that they're allowing that to go on tells me, that mentally the kid isn't able to take that kind of – they're letting him go through what he needs to go through, which is even more concerning because it, it sounds like he's in a really, really fragile state right now. And you wish him all the best because he For hates sure. seeing a guy go through it. But it's going to be interesting to watch, to say the least, as uh, the Sixers try to get him back to full speed and hopefully he gets his confidence and finds a shot and finds his old form. All right, let's do some topics, Debo. What do you got for us? 
a segment within the segment here. This is called You Have to See It. Now, the podcast doesn't necessarily lend itself to video, but our Twitter does. So check out video of this on our Twitter page, at Canal and Bell. But it's my favorite tradition in sports, and it helps because it's the Eagles. But old <laughs> white owners <laughs> dancing awkwardly in celebration in the locker room. Jeffrey Laurie was no different Eagles owner on Saturday. That big victory, and he broke it down. Should we stop putting these guys on camera, or you need more of it? I, I need more Stop. of it. I want to see no. some more of it. It oh. was really oh. bad. No. It's always the coach. What are you supposed to do though? He's, he's, this is ultimate jubilation. Nah. You're out there. It's just free of inhibition. You're just going with it. Hey, dancing is one of those. You can't be wrong, bro. Like you can't be wrong. Just go, just go with what feels good. Right. You know? So you're like, saying it's okay. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Hannah, it's fine. Like you had know. your birthday like weekend. You think all your moves were spot on at <laughs> live in Miami? Um, all my moves were not looking like that. I'll say that. I, I, I give myself a little bit more like swaggy than that. Was, I will, he uh, need to do like the Lindy so. or something like that. <laughs> no, but you know what? The players that see that love it. That's yeah, they love yeah, seeing no, you're a right. coach you're cut right. loose and at least or an owner try yeah. to do it. Try to do something that they're really bad at because these are billionaires yeah. that you're talking about. And they just look like complete fools. <laughs> and the players love it because it makes them feel more like one of them. Sure. All right. We'll tell so we them. have that quarterback scale. We have the rapper scale. I think we need an owner's dancing scale yeah. to put Jeffrey O'Leary on. So I that think one, like an old white guy dancing scale is fine. Yeah. <laughs> you want to rate that one, Hannah? That? Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. That's pretty bad. <laughs> How nice do I have to be? On, a, no, on an old white nice. guy dancing scale. Um, yeah, it's, it's really low. It sets the bar really low. Yeah. It sets the bar Number? really low. Number, yeah, two. Two. Right. two. No, no. Fair enough. So that's, you have to see it. This, you have to hear it. So a reporter last week asked Jaguars defensive tackle, Calais Campbell, you know, can you guys win another game like this? A 10 to 3 game. Miami product. Does it have to Sorry. be like that? <laughs> and Calais Campbell said, no, it doesn't have to be like that. Hey, we do whatever it takes, you know. Uh, I mean, we, we try to just win any way we can, you know. Uh, play one play at a time, you know, and, and execute, you know. But I take it, you know, uh, 2-0 if it comes that way or 45-42 if it comes that way, you know. As long as we win, I'm happy. My man so, Calais Gamble's a prophet. 45-42? Yes. Jaguars 45, Steelers 42 yesterday. My main takeaway, this guy would be a much Better gambler than you two. <laughs> well, if you're Calais Campbell, you need to go buy a lottery ticket right now. Although the dude that won it, did you see the guy that won the $241 million check? No. 20-year-old dude. Florida guy. Oh. Yeah, a Florida guy. Florida part here. of Florida. 20-year-old. Tallahassee, right? Somewhere oh, yeah. around there, yeah. Damn no. He said he's going to make a difference in the world. <laughs> yeah, right. That guy's I feel like people from Florida always win. <laughs> except for me. You, I don't obviously, know, I don't except for all of us, or else we wouldn't be here. You know, no, I, I would still be here. I would still be here because I, I love too. you guys. Yeah. Calais Campbell's a monster, by the way. Six eight. The guy he sounds like a monster. I was gonna say he sounds like Cookie Monster. Yes, he, he does. All right, what else? All right, so last week we had a couple episodes of Rate the Clothesline as an ode to Raja. So another <laughs> thing Raja may have developed a reputation for in the NBA was flopping. So uh, now we're going to debut uh, Rate the Flop. And the flop, maybe it's a, a, a name thing. Yeah. Le'Veon Bell yesterday on the <laughs> sidelines. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey gets whistled for unsportsmanlike conduct. Le'Veon Bell, straight flop. Yeah. Rate this flop. Let's see it. If you don't know, you got to go check out our at Canel and Bell Twitter page. You can have a look at it. See what you think. I don't know. I think Raja is king flopper. 
Like he is the. Uh, listen, the, the, I learned my art from some like. Yeah, I, where did you learn it? From the European, from the Euro? I took bits and pieces from different people. Right. Yeah, like Shane Battier was a big influence. <laughs> the Duke uh, there was guy, a, yeah, of course. There's a little manage nobly in there. Yeah. That you know, you put the head into it. That helps. Yeah. Um, the throwback. I think all of it comes from soccer, which drives me nuts because I think soccer is harming our society. Soccer is terrible. <laughs> yes. It's terrible. Oh, boom, it's pretty that. good though. From later um, on. yeah, that's a good little flop. I'll give that. That's an average flop. Okay. Yeah, because I don't feel like he really. Like over exacerbated, like the head movement or anything. He just yeah. kind of like just went down. Like he shouldered me. Take right. notice, right? Um, but it did draw a foul. It was 15 yards on Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. No, he drew the yeah, foul. No, he did yeah. It perfectly. Yeah. I think they should also, if you get caught flopping in the NFL, 15 yards the other way. Yeah. Like you understand that. what I'm saying? Not, like not right, the if, fine if thing you, in the end. if you flop in in soccer, like and it's egregious, you can get yellow carded for that. Like if it's an egregious flop. So I think it should go both ways in the NFL. Hannah, do you appreciate the performance art? Yeah, a absolutely. Flopping. I like the slow mo performance. I like, I like, I like watching it back. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what is going on with Tide Pods? Right. I, I've seen these things trending. I don't know what's going <laughs> this on. This is our last topic of the day. So we know teens are dumb. So Raja actually, <laughs> off air last week, Raja actually shared a story with Hannah and I uh, that I think made us afraid to ever have kids. I'm not going to yeah. share what it was, but he's hearing <laughs> stories going around. You know, amongst, schools, amongst yeah. parents. Yeah. Middle um, school trends. So we're not going to share that one, but this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to get that off air because yeah. i got kids approaching. Uh, um, Tide Pods. There's There's been challenges in the past, and this is the latest one. <laughs> Teenagers are just straight eating Tide Pods. Why? The little cleaner things. Why? Yeah, the things you put in your, in your, so in like your washing machine. It has machine. to be started as a dare. Right, like that's got to like be it. That's how everything starts. As many starts. as you can eat, or is it one? Just, just if you can one, eat one, don't like, you? Wouldn't you die? Uh, some, or is it not? Haven't, that? haven't kids I mean, been? Has, have kids died so far, or have they been just like? Well, Patriots star tight end oh, Rob Gronkowski is urging kids not to do this. Ooh. What the heck is going on, people? Use Tide Pods for washing, not eating. Do not eat. So, I mean, are, are a you going to of light? Oh out there. My Would God. you show that video to your kids to encourage them not to eat Tide Pods? Fortunately, is Gronk going to convince them? No, but here's the thing: ignorance is bliss. Because I don't think my kids have heard of the Tide Pod, Pod challenge yet. Right. So I'm going to try to keep it that way. Because if I show them, then they might get curious and be like, "Oh, what's it taste like? Yeah. What is this?" And so I'm going to try to. Why keep would them. you want to taste soap? You know, when I was little, my mom used to wash my mouth Me out too. with soap. Yeah, <laughs> like literally, yeah. put a bar of soap in my mouth. I got the it soap with bunch. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah. Why would I voluntarily just be like, "Oh, let me just chew on this"? Also, it reminds me of those other bad challenges that were out there, like the one where people used to jump off the balcony. What are, what is it called? I think was that's that? just your bill. Uh, exactly. That's <laughs> no. What I'm saying. Oh, no. There was one. It was like it, you were you. I'm going to look this up. I'm going to look this up. It was a challenge gone bad, and people used to jump off of, like, their second-story home to try to, like, stand. In the pools? No. It was like... We did that. Like you jump off a roof. Like in Florida, research. you jump off the roof. So we've, had, we've had gallon challenge where you drink the gallon of milk. Yep. That's not going to kill you. No. We've had the That's cinnamon the challenge. You eat a tablespoon of Have you heard of the marshmallow challenge? No. Which did kill some people because you tried to fit as many marshmallows in oh, your Roxanne. mouth as you could. Oh, man. Is that what that's gross. called? Roxanne, I didn't know there was a name you, for it. You do it with the song, Roxanne. Yeah. And, like, you have to put marshmallows in your mouth every time they say Roxanne. Right. Oh and God. then they put on the – what is it? Put on the red light? You drink, like, Dr. Pepper or something. But marshmallows, you can't – they can ga- – you can gag on no, them. No, it easy. was awful. Yeah. I, I did that. Exactly. <laughs> it, is Gronk the voice you want, though? Gronk is not the voice hey. you want for anything. Yeah. Gosh, I say it. I'll bleep. Gronk. 
<laughs> I love Gronk. Hey, he's helping the kids. It's all about the kids. Help the children out there. But I am not showing my kids that video. All right. As we were doing this podcast, you mentioned the picks that I had. Uh, one, Josh Kearns tweeted the show and said, finally catching up on the best sports podcast in the business. My takeaway Fade Danny's picks, though. Fade I don't like Danny, my man, baby. Josh. No there way. We go, Danny. I only gave one lock for our bench warmers. Which one was it? That would be the Eagles. Yes, thank you. And it was a money line straight up win. They would have made more money. So you just got to pay attention a little bit closer because we pick every game. We don't say you have to bet on every game, though. Here's the strategy, though. So yeah. when you guys both agree on a pick, yeah. Definitely I've, I've been fading you guys, and my record so far is 4-0-1. and one. Oh, so, <laughs> so that's the recipe. <laughs> a strategy, free money for our listeners. <laughs> that is, uh, that's pretty good right there. So there Hannah, you go. That's the strategy. Uh, just uh, do the opposite of everything I ever say. Uh, <laughs> All right. Did you find what the challenge was? No, I can't find the exact right. term for we'll, it. We'll the post it on Twitter. Yeah, I want we'll my phone back. No, it's challenge. bad. It's bad. It's just like a people just like flopping off of balconies. I don't know if any of these challenges are really good. Uh, Remember yeah, the invisible true. box challenge? That's a good one. That one's just a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah. Is that yeah. the one where you're stepping the cheerleader? on? Yeah. 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 Can you do it? We'll post video of Canada doing the invisible box challenge <laughs> on Twitter as well. All right, oh that's a wrap for us. It's good to be back in town. We'll be back on Wednesday. We'll be on our normal routine again. We'll get you all set. We'll do some more NBA. We'll get you set up for the NFC and AFC Championship weekend. Make sure you check us out on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, download, listen to us. Check us out on Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Leave us that five-star review on our iTunes page. Ask us a question. We have to answer it, but Hannah is imploring that we get better, more entertaining We got questions. some great ones over the weekend. All right. Seriously. There we go. Oh. So they're paying attention. I love it. And uh, as always, give us some feedback on Twitter, at Canel and Bell. Have a great day.